This is Comet Picks by the Glick. Hey, and I'm your host, Jason Glick. Yo, Jason Glick. Yep, and as I promised last time, here I am back to talk about Iron Man. Now, yep. I wouldn't be doing this if if my podcast had launched like on schedule two years ago. Has it already been two years now? Actually, it has been. You know how I know? Yeah. Because I registered your domain during uh, Fanime two years ago. <laughs> Got it. That's, that's right. I think uh, you actually told me when, when we were there. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and yeah, enough of the nostalgia. We're yes. here to talk about comics. Yes, <laughs> comics. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and, well, as you know, like two years ago, Iron Man took the world by storm. Um, it's like... Beginning is one of the like most entertaining um adaptations entertaining um, adaptations of a comic book well entertaining interpretations of a comic book character in the, mo- in the modern era and now the sequel is set to come back and it's and all the, all the previous buzz I hear is that that hey, it's gonna it, it's gunning for um the Dark Knight's 150 million dollar opening 158 million dollar opening <laughs> but yeah and because basically everyone who wants to see it like it's probably be lining up day one to go. To go check it out. I know I'm going to go, going to go see it next weekend with my buddy David, mm-hmm. and I'm um, looking forward. I'm definitely looking forward to that based on all the uh, all the previews I've seen so far. Mm-hmm. Okay, but you know what about the comics? Yes, what about them? Okay, well, this well, it's like, and we're starting. Well, see, the thing is with Iron Man is that yeah, it's like he's been around for a while, but you know there aren't a lot of classic Iron Man stories. I mean there. To be honest, like there are really only exactly two. Like one, these are stories that like, you know just about most people will know about. You got the um, alcoholism story in Demon in a Bottle, and then you got the time that he went went on a rampage throughout the Marvel universe um, in in the Armor Wars, trying to make sure that no one but him had control over his, his Iron Man technology. Mm. Yeah, and you also probably knows that. Well, he's also got a villain, a rogues gallery that's about as deep deep as a kiddie pool. Because I'll tell you, the, look at you look at Whiplash on on the screen on the trailers with uh, Mickey Rourke, and it's like, guy guys guys downright frightening, you know. Half because you know like he's got got those laser whips. Half because you know, it's fucking Mickey Rourke, man. That's right. And that yeah, <laughs> guys just guys just inherently frightening. Okay, but you know, starting things off with Demon in a Bottle because I I had never read this story before, and you know it's like before doing this podcast, I figured. I kind of felt obligated to go and pick it up just to see what it was like. And, well, first of all, let me just say this story is almost as old as I am. Wow. Yeah, it was originally published, <laughs> yeah, it was originally published back in 1979. Um, and it's brought to us by, um, see, by, by, writer, by writer David Michelini, um, um, co-plotter and inker Bob Layton, and artist John Romita Jr. And most people know, like, of those three, um, John Romita Jr. is still going strong in the Marvel Universe today. And see, and look at look at this, look at this stuff today. It's like, it just feels quaint. Like you're taking, like you're going back, going back to a simpler time in the Marvel Universe, back when, like you know, it was like I, I hear, like had clearly defined heroes and bad guys. Mm-hmm. And it's like everyone, like everyone knew every, everyone knew everyone. Stuff was crossing, characters were crossing over all the time. And it's and just and just like the general plot of each issue was oh superheroes show up they fight bad guys they they win or it's to be continued you know and it's like there's there's a lot of charm to the to that to that kind of that kind of antiquity but um I was like I honestly to be honest I can't really um give 
give like a recommendation to um, Demon in a Bottle, like beyond that, like because like you know it's it's not a bad story, but it just feels just feels really dated compared to compared to a lot of stuff these days. I mean, yeah, it's like yeah, you've got Iron Man's um, struggles with alcoholism, which you know it's they're it's like I can't they they're treated treated treat respectfully, and it's built and to, and to the credit of the writers, it's like it's built up. It is. So successfully built up over a couple of issues, so you can see that it's not something that comes up right out of the blue because they didn't because they wanted to do a, a very special Iron Man um, comic. But looking at and so like looking at this, it's like it's, it's like it's it's a good like the actual story, which, is, which basically has Iron Man doing like just like taking a drink and said, "Hey, you know what? My personal life is so screwed up." I don't need to be Tony Stark anymore. I could just be Iron Man. I'm gonna go fly out the window. Oh, I forgot to open it. Hmm. Yeah, and then then you ha- see him try screw up a um trying to lift a uh, a chlorine tanker and just causing a chemical spill throughout the city. And then just just more more fun self destructive stuff until he's um cornered by his girlfriend and basically made to realize just that hey this is what his life has come to and he has to give up give up the drink. Now it's a yeah, it's like, and it, I say, it's a, it's a good story that show, shows off the strength, strength of Tony Stark's character, and shows you that okay, even like that he's just like any true superhero, like he'll do the right thing no matter what, what the personal cost. And but overall, it's like, like these days, it's like you know, it's like um, that's like my taste trend, trend towards more modern interpretations of the character, and pretty much like everything I I just said. You can uh, kind of cut and paste about um, his um, David Michelini's other epic, um, the the Iron the Armor Wars, where um, Iron Man finds um, um, realizes that that his technology has been um, has been stolen and has been like spread out through like several um, armored characters in the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. So he's got to he decides to go out, go out and start taking back his taking back his technology, making sure he's the only one who's got got the designs. Right. This leads him. To, yeah. This leads him to con- conflicts with government, with Shield, with the other Avengers, even Captain America, and basically it just kind of like sends his life right into the crapper again. Huh. Um, up until up until the end, when when he finally when he finally does get um, takes out that last see that see the last person with his arm who's carrying who's got his armor designs, and then just takes takes his life back and, sh- and shows you who's boss. It's yeah, it's not bad. It's fun, but again, it's it's, it's comes from a much like a much earlier, uh, much much earlier and simpler time of comic books writing. This time, this case, so it was like a, I was about um, see about eight or nine when this originally came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's all right. So, but these days, let's see, Iron. It's the Iron Man. While he's all about fighting the supervillains, he's also gotten a huge technological upgrade. This one comes courtesy of Warren Ellis and Addy Granov in, in Extremis. Huh. Yeah. So this is see. This is the first. This is this is originally six issues done by the creators after um, the Avengers Avengers disassembled, which you know like the Avengers got disassembled, and but then they reassembled about a month later. Okay, and. Okay, and this one, it's this is uh, this is probably one of my favorite favorite modern Iron Man stories because Iron Man 
like he's a he is a character that is um, innately suited to to a writer to a writer like Ellis because Ellis he's all about all about all about science science and the tech and upgrading human upgrade, upgrading human function in the mod, modern era. So like I, I, so doing a story about upgrading Iron Man to the modern era it's like it work, works really well in his in his hands. It's also storyline also shows you why I'm not. I don't buy comic books because these six issues took about three years to come out. Because Adi Granov's um, computer computer generated art, while it looks real nice, it um, he he's apparently very very slow about getting it out. But read together, these six issues are pretty entertaining. I mean, there's a, like a lot of um, familiar Ellisisms to a lot, to the um, to be had here, such as the char- character speech patterns and like the uh, sur- and sarcastic. Sarcastic tone that a lot, some, a lot of these characters take, but like this, but <clears throat> the up, ultimate up, upgrading of Iron Man—it's like basically like how he finds a way to put his, put the computer technology inside himself. Um, but by the way, this um, by the way, this um, drug called, uh, sorry, this uh, by the way, this um, enhance enhance program called Extremis. Okay. See, that's really cool because like you see, I want. Iron Man to be, it's like, like to be to be mo- to be modern, to be um, ahead of the technological curve, and yep. basically this allows him to, <laughs> to like interface with his armor on a much deep, deeper level, as well as any any kinds of electronics in in the nearby area, and and it's cool it's cool seeing seeing him do seeing him do a lot of the stuff here, and I, the problem is just that it's just these six issues, and I wish that I honestly wish that Ellis had had time to um. To um do, so to do more with it, with his take on the character rather than just like um doing just setting up the new status quo and just leaving it for other other people to play with, but um, but for what it is, it's still still a very very entertaining story. And out of all the things that I I talk about here, I probably recommend this uh, if you're looking for looking for a good good Iron Man tale. Hmm. Okay, okay now. To be honest, like I don't really keep up with Iron Man a whole lot because, well, <laughs> it's like yeah, you know, it just depends on the character, on the writers who, writers who, t- writers and artists, t- well, writers in particular who take him on, and he's kind of he's always kind of got the uh, short shrift over the years, because really it's like you know like a lot like Ellis like he's like I'm till he's probably the only one of the only writers I pay attention to that's actually take um that's actually done done a riff on the series. Yeah, in fact, like. Not really like the Iron Man movie is probably like the character's um, hot, um, cultural high watermark because it showed you just it took all the, all stuff that was in the comics, distilled it, distilled into like a night, into a night, <clears throat> so into a fine crystallized form, and then just let it let it run wild upon the screen. Of course, it also helps that you get that you got um, Robert Downey Jr. absolutely nailing Tony Stark um, on there, but um, then. But um, as far as actually trying to um, cash in on the success of these films, Marvel um, Marvel's always always had trouble doing that. Until they hit upon the idea of, hey, why don't we launch a new series right upon right around the time that the movie comes out? That's what happened with um, Matt Fraction and Salvador La Roca's um, Invincible Iron Man series. Now, this series is basically essentially the the, the point of the series is to like. In, of, or the first issue, if, at any rate, was to um, give give people like a nice, easily, like a nice. Point of the first issue is to give 
people like a nice entry point for Iron Man in the Marvel Universe. Show you what he's show you what his status quo is like. Give him a familiar villain who's got ties to the ties to the movie, and um, then just let let things run wild from there. Now the story is kind of, does owe a bit to the to um to Michelini's um Iron Wars I mean, Armor Wars because he's Tony Stark's um, technology has once again gotten out into into the Marvel universe, and 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 someone's using it um, to create to create terrorist actions. This person being um, Ezekiel Stane, son of, son of Iron Man's old nemesis Obadiah Stane, and um, Ezekiel Stane's like an annoying annoying little bastard, and I enjoyed seeing seeing um, Tony clean his clock uh, clean his clock at the very at the end of the at, at the end of this uh, story arc. Um, but oh, but um, up, leading up to that point, um, Rider Man Fraction shows he's got a great handle on the character, showing show that he because Fraction is a uh, he seems to operate his default um, writing style seems to start at witty, then he goes from there. But he gives like a great, great con- confident, self assured Tony Stark, whether he's romancing the ladies, um, dishing out dishing out um, orders at Shield, it's like or uh-huh. and when he's flying the Iron Man, when he's flying the Iron Man suit, uh-huh. it's like it. Yeah, it's a great, it's a fun, it's a fun take, and uh, it's like, and even though it's like you can tell at the uh, movie that they're trying, they that they are trying to to cra- capture the fun of the movie here, it's like it's so so pretty entertaining for for what it is. Like, yeah, that being said, um, Fraction followed the followed the story up with something even better, and that would be um, the world's most wanted story arc. Now, regrettably. I haven't got got to the second second volume yet because um because it's not because second edition volume is coming out in paperback until this Wednesday, but this is um this is something that ties in much more closely to the Marvel current continuity of the Marvel universe, which basically has Iron Man being deposed from his from his um, leadership of the of Shield and turning turning over the reins to um Norman Osborn, which you know, John, what do you think of Norman Osborn as as the head of Shield? How do you think? How do you think that bodes for the Marvel Universe? Um, a little odd. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, well, the, basically the first thing he because because first thing he does as soon as he as soon as he's um, sitting in Tony's seat, he brings up the superhero registry database to find out who whose secret identity is like who who is Spider Man exactly. Who is, yeah, who, <laughs> like, who are all all the heroes' super secret identities? <laughs> Yeah, Just what we Tony, needed. <laughs> yes, exactly. And and of course, Tony, of course, not being an idiot, set things up so that when when he did do that, um, he would like the the database would be his copy of the database would be erased. Now the problem is there's still one copy of the database going around, and that's in Tony Stark's head. So the story basically has him um, up, uploading a computer virus to slowly wipe out wipe out the database. Um, in his brain, but the problem is it's also going to take his mind along with him. Now, oh. assuming it's like now, I don't know. It's like I, I personally, I would trust Tony Stark to um, keep this thing safe. But assuming you can get past that, um, suspend the disbelief that the be- the best way Tony Stark could find to get rid of this database in his brain um, would be to um, be to erase his mind along with it. Um, the storyline is a great um, a man on the run um, fugitive style thriller in the Marvel universe because he's got cause like aiding him he's got um, ex, let's see um, his former former aide at Shield Maria Hill 
who actually gets gets um, wonderfully humanized in this in this volume because she's up to this point she's kind of been like just queen bitch of the Marvel universe and is uh, uh, and is assistant Pepper Potts because while she's so while she's all, all about helping out her boss she's never been too keen on the military applications of the suit. Tony then goes ahead goes ahead and builds her like a like a search and a rescue and recovery um, version of the suit, um, which she chooses to become her, her own superhero like over the course of the series. But overall, it's just like a good good action story. And, it, and if you are paying attention to how things go in, are in the Marvel universe, it's like it'll it only gets better. So, now I'll admit that like the second I have heard the second volume does conclude things really well and. and, and much as I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing see exactly how all, the, all how the cast was one step ahead of um, Osborne and his crew um, by the end of the series. So I'm looking, so I'm looking forward to it. And um, overall, that's another thing I'd recommend for you. Recommend to anyone to pick up as well. Okay. Now, speaking of cre- also speaking of creators that I like who've tackled Iron Man. Well, the only other let's just say the only other. Trade paperback I've got in my collection would be Iron Man Hypervelocity by by writer Anna Warren with art by artist Brian Denham. Now Warren, guys, now Warren made his name um, as probably like he well let's just say Adam Warren was an otaku before we even the rest of us know, even knew what the word meant. Like he got to start um, drawing um, the American edition of the Dirty Parrot Dark Horse, and he's since um, tr- taken his manga style manga style art on. Um, do a lot of do a lot of um, other creations for for DC, Wild, World Storm, and Marvel, and um, and he's also got like a, has a huge tech um, tech fetish as well. So Iron Man would would seem to be an ideal take for for his characters for for what he's for his kind of for his storytelling abilities as well. Now that being said, Hypervelocity um, is a very very dense see dense read. That just that has basically Warren just like cram, just like cramming as much story as he possibly can, and just just about every just about every page. I mean, it's it's kind of like the polar opposite to a lot of the um, decompressed stylings that a lot of a lot of Marvel Marvel story Marvel um, comic books take these days. And it's it's interesting because like, but the thing is like a lot of the stuff just kind of feels like he's he's elaborating on a lot of um like Marvel technological. I mean, it's a right here. It's like talking about all the uh, drugs used to keep Shield agents running, all the all the technology that that's at their disposal. It's like as well as like all the, uh, the secret mecha underground of the Marvel universe as well. I mean, it's an interesting story because like the because it doesn't actually star Iron Man, it stars his armor because basically the storyline start starts with um, Stark unveiling a uh, like a program that would allow. That basically, like, um, is copying his brain rhythms and would allow him allow the suit to still run while he's incapacitated. Naturally, he gets incapacitated, and the um, suit is forced, forced to go on his run, go on the run and save his life. Now, it's like, it's like assuming you can get, assuming that you're that the that you're not overwhelmed by all the information that that Warren is throwing at you, and just like, as well as like just. The, just like a lot of the oddity of a lot of this stuff, it's like it. It's like it actually does does work work pretty well, especially when it when it turns it, it turns the usual um, touchstone of like Iron Man. Oh, he's got to take a drink again. It's like no, but I used to be an alcoholic. But it turns that moment of of his of his um, defining um, 
just find a characteristic of just the, like he used to be an alcoholic, but now he's not. And just like turns turns that one moment of, of failure into his just like him showing that hey, you know what? I did I beat you at the end. So it's a it's an odd book, but st- but it's but it's still pretty still pretty entertaining. Like assuming you're in the mood for like a very for a very dense, very very tech fetishistic um, look at the character. And as far as that goes, that's all I've got. Because, well, I don't know. It's, <laughs> I don't know. So I'm still waiting. For, like I said, I'm, I'm looking forward to reading the rest of uh, Matt Fraction's run, run, the, run on the series because I've heard nothing but good things about it. And um, as of right now, well, he's Iron Man's busy making nice with the rest of Marvel Universe because after we... <laughs> uh, after he became director of Shield, like after this whole Civil War arc, he just basically pissed off everyone by saying, "Oh yeah, you need to register with the, with the government." And then Captain America going, "Uh, nope, sorry, <laughs> got civil liber- liberties right here." And then, like that's that's whole Civil War thing in a nut- nutshell. But <laughs> now Marvel, yeah, Marvel's um getting back to like having all the superheroes um fighting together, playing nice. Good guys are going to be good guys are going to be good. Bad guys are going to be bad. And um, everything will be, be right with the world, and everyone's going to start buying our, our comics on on Masse again. <laughs> that ain't going to happen, but, hey, you know, it's like more power to, to Marvel, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But in the meantime, and in the meantime, the rest of us are just going to do the sensible thing, and we're going to go we're gonna go watch Iron Man 2 um, this Friday. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And be entertained by Robert Downey Jr.'s um, amazing transformation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Um, yes, I'm. I'm definitely looking forward to it. And like I said, I'll either and I'm you probably look forward to me talking talking about talking it up with um like with um Jess Sebastian and the rest of the podcast for all men crew um once we get once we meet up again. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. And that note, gonna call it night, people. All right, later, guys.